for those tough wake-ups. Stats are misleading. It's Marsh and Mello. Major foul. Wake up to serious sports talk. He fist his head. It's Marsh. The CFL, baby. And Mello. I love Ken. It's Marsh and Mello. This is football. For those tough wake-ups. They're heating up. It's Marsh and Mello. Coming your way, Hamilton. Wake up to serious sports talk. Gas tank on before. It's Marsh in Canada and Mellow. Why not, eh? It's Marsh and Mellow. Thank you, Canada. Everybody's doing it. Welcome inside. It is Marsh and Mellow right here for your Canadian football perspective. Thank you for being here with us as always. We do appreciate you checking out the show, having some fun, downloading, and uh, enjoying what we are offering up for you, which today is a morning show. Uh, because we are doing it like the good old days. Kyle Mello and I here, we are taping at 6.30 a.m. this morning, which is not insanely early. I mean, it's a half hour later than usually we would start the old radio show. It is, But it's been a long time since we've done a morning thing. And uh, I <laughs> told Kyle yesterday, because we wanted to tape on Thursday like we normally do, hey, man, it's Canada today. We're doing some different stuff. And I was like, let's just do it at night. Let's, you know, once, the, once my son goes down and all the rest. Problem is, my son got a head cold, uh, and so he has, is just so stuffy and all the rest. So God bless Marlene, because she was the one comforting him basically throughout the night, but he was in our bed for most of the night because he wouldn't stay in his own crib, and we didn't want to leave alone and all the rest. So I have, like, no sleep. Uh, she probably has even less, and uh, we still wanted to get you something here for the show. So this one might be a little bit shorter today, unfortunately, because that's the realities <laughs> of what we're dealing with. It's the morning. We want to give you something, talk some football, have some fun. Uh, but it is a bit of a different one. So, Kyle, thank you yeah. for doing this early in the morning. I'm sure you're ecstatic to be paired with somebody who's forcing you to work in the mornings. No, no worries. I mean, we did it for a <laughs> long time, right? I said I wasn't used to working the mornings. Um, but yesterday, our schedules couldn't line up. I was helping my uncle move. He bought a house, moving out of his apartment. And it took a lot longer than I thought. Moving didn't take a long <laughs> time it was cleaning out his apartment of all the stuff he didn't want anymore oh uh, forget didn't take that. care of that beforehand isn't that like the golden rule before you do anything i mean he, he didn't it <laughs> was it was me and him trying to uh, empty his apartment as his landlords were there oh it's a weird story his landlords are moving into the apartment that he was living in it was weird. But anyways he bought a house so uh and it's close to uh close to uh, Tim Hortons Field. So I'm uh, hoping now uh, when I go to Ticats games, I don't have to park in the media parking lot. I can just park in his driveway and just go. essentially walk across the street to the stadium. There you go. <laughs> that's uh, that's next level thinking right there. Inspire, yes. <laughs> inspired thinking from your uncle to uh, get ready for Ticats season. And uh, he'll probably make enough money off of parking. Uh, to pay off his mortgage uh, for the house he's moving into there. So we shall see how that all plays out. I'm glad that you might have somewhere close to park, though, because, whew, man, that Ticats parking situation at times, not great. Not great, as people know. Uh, Although I do like parking where they force the media to park. The only reason is because I get to walk through the Ticats tailgate party. Oh, yeah. And I get to see familiar faces all the time. Yeah, that's true. That is fun. Uh, but I would also say that most other places that I go to football games, people who want to tailgate don't have to, uh, I don't know, walk. It's, it's a weird setup. It's just weird. Like, I, I and, I'm not, and I don't dislike it. It's just, it, I understand if you tailgate, you have to walk. It's 
the kind of the basis of the thing <laughs> is that you're not going to be p- tailgating necessarily yeah. right right next to the stadium but because hamilton is different because it is a residential neighborhood because there is this separation of having major intersections and roads that go in between your tailgate and all the rest because it's uh basically just like an empty steel yard that surrounds all of it uh it, <laughs> they've done their best to try and make it feel tailgate-ish but like yeah the way that it used to be with the empty lot across the road that's now become bernie custis secondary and all the rest i mean it's certainly it has changed uh, although but- i do appreciate when i walk through the Cats tailgate i get offered numerous beers because they're <laughs> like mellow have a beer i'm like i'm I'm doing the post game show. I yeah. can't. Or the pregame <laughs> show. Like you're there four hours yeah. before kickoff. And they're like, hey, beers. And you're like, I'm on here in like 25 minutes. So like I'm I have to run over there as quick <laughs> as possible. I always laugh thinking about the first year I did Tie Cats uh coverage, which I was the sideline reporter and I was also doing pre, post, and halftime. And basically what that meant was that for the fourth quarter, there was no sideline reporter. Why we decided that was a good idea, I'm not sure. Uh, but it was because I would have to leave at the end of the third quarter of the game, listen to the game on radio as I sprinted to my car to get to the car, to drive, to go do the post-game show remotely, wherever we were doing it. I think we were doing like honest lawyer and downtown. honest lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. And downtown in Jackson square and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was, it was an adventure to say the least where it was like, you know, pregame show hosting, and then sprint down to the sidelines and make sure my equipment was working. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. And then you'd be doing sideline reporting. And then with the three-minute warning, uh, when they would take that commercial break going into halftime, I would sprint back into the building, hope that the elevator worked or hope that the stairs were open. And then I actually got to the point where I devised a system in the stairwell at Tim Hortons Field where I realized it was faster for me to be able to go up until like the second, third floor and then hurdle over the stairs to get on the opposite side so that I could actually get to the floor that I needed to. Yeah. Uh, and then I would do the halftime show, run right back downstairs, do sideline reporting in the third quarter, go grab my bag, sprint <laughs> five, five minutes to the car, get in the car, drive 10 minutes, try to get there before the end of the, the fourth quarter uh, and then get there, get set up, put the microphone on and then ramble for 90 minutes to myself because we had no callers, no interviews. And when I look back at that in 2000, that would have been 2015, like whoa man that is a lot like the idea of trying to do all of those things the amount of effort that that took and then i was also doing mac play-by-play as well my first year being out of school so it was there's a couple of times where we had late nights with the ticats on fridays and then mac was playing on saturdays and i was doing those doubles you're like that is an extremely entry-level way to learn radio and the chaos that comes with it yeah, I don't even think I was doing um, Ticats uh, stuff at that time. So I don't even think I was the producer in 2015. I became the producer in 2016. Did that 2016 and actually I know 20... who we had in 15. I have no idea who was back in the studio. I think it was Jess, Jess Carter. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. It was. Right. Um, I think she was doing games because she taught me and then I did it in 2016. And then I'm trying to think. 2017 the first couple of games i had to train jeremy who took over and then i was down at the stadium and then i did post game 2018 2019 oh, man. it's just it's just crazy the way that it's it evolved over time yeah. so uh we shall see what the Ticats end up doing with their negotiation uh rights here for broadcast stuff because they are still unannounced i know a lot of i know people, we're running out of time yeah people from the Ticats uh fan base are interested in what they're going to be doing and to be completely honest with you 
as we're recording this, we don't know. Uh, so we're, we're as interested as you guys are. So we'll see where that all lands. But uh, we do know that, as always, we want to thank our sponsors here on CFP for being able to uh, give us the opportunity to bring you the podcast and for me to be able to drag Kyle Mello out of bed on a Friday morning after a holiday. Uh, you can use the <laughs> promo code CFP15 to get 15% off all your return to play whistle needs, of course, from our friends at fox40shop.com, the good people at Fox40. We love them. We appreciate them. And of course, Sada City Brewing, use the promo code CFL and you'll get yourself $100 uh, when you order for $100. Now, you don't get $100 free, uh, but you get uh, free shipping on all orders over $100 available to Ontario residents. Only must be of legal drinking age. Uh, I probably should not have had the couple of Sada City beers that I did on Canada Day, considering that my son was going to keep me up all night, and then we were going to do a morning show. But hey, uh, here we are, which is why I just tried to give everybody $100 on behalf of Sada City Brewing. Uh, I wanted to start off the show today before we get into some of the CFL uh, news and the OUA schedule as well, which if you want the full, full breakdown on that, not just the surface analysis that we're going to offer up, go to All Canadian. Wade and Connor did a great show yesterday on Thursday, being able to take a deep dive into the OUA schedule as it's come out. It's interesting. They've got you know the two conferences, essentially the two divisions, the East and the West, and they've got two games of Ottawa against Carleton, which they dive into because, of course, those guys have a little bit of understanding of that rivalry with Connor being a former GG. Uh, McMaster begins September 18th at Western, which is amazing because it's a, a recap of a replay of the, the 2019 Yates Cup, which is the last game that Western played in, and it's the same venue. It's down at TD Waterhouse, which I believe is what that's still called. But uh, but I do want to start with the, uh, the NCAA news of the week, and it, not this necessarily applies to Canadian university football very much and not that it is going to, uh, you know, I think change the way that we view players that come up from the NCAA that play in the CFL and all the rest. But I just find this to be an intriguing discussion about really athletes and their brand, but also to being a discussion about the power of football, because what we're going to see with what happened this week, the Supreme court came out and said, Hey, NIL name image likeness. You are now allowed to make money off of that as of July 1st. As of yesterday, if you are an NCAA athlete, you can make money off of your name image and likeness. And uh, obviously long, long overdue. Like it's, it's just been so dumb for so long that so many people have just tried to maintain, no, 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 don't let them make money. Don't. And then you got even dumber stuff like Dabo Sweeney coming out and saying, well, I might quit football coaching if they don't, if they pay the players in college, it's like Dabo, you're making $8 million per year yeah. for, for the last decade. So I don't think you need to worry about them being able to make, you know, a, a couple thousand bucks here and there. Uh, but the reason that I, I am so intrigued by this is, there are people that we have vilified in the past for whatever the reasoning might be, whether it's Ricky Williams, where he ends up smoking marijuana, testing positive a bunch of times, and we just, we crush him. We vilify him and he's, he's a bad teammate and he doesn't understand that. And now you've got somebody like Josh Gordon, who has got his own issues going on, but there's a lot of change in the discussion around marijuana where people are saying like, why did we crush Ricky Williams? Because the goalposts have slid on all of this stuff, right? And uh, there's so many things like that where I think we've become, in a time that at various points has been kind of repressive, we've become more progressive in allowing things and understanding different perspectives of different people. And uh, and so now we get to this point where athletes are allowed to make money off their name, image, likeness. And obviously the stars of today in, in NCAA football they are the ones who are going to profit the most off of this. And 
my stepdaughter's first comment was, oh, poor Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, I think he did okay. Uh, and, I, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure in Jacksonville he's got a good situation and all the rest. But when I, which by the way, funny, I saw that Jacksonville's already been fined for something they did at OTAs. I don't know what it was. It must have been like <laughs> contact drill or something. But Urban Meyer sounds like he hit the ground running with pads on and everybody's hitting each other. I was like, yeah, what an idiot. Was it COVID-19 protocol violation? It might have been that too. Yeah. yeah not, but anyways, I just thought that was funny to mention. But uh, yeah, the idea of the athletes of, of today being able to cash in is great. And I saw, you know, the quarter Bonix from Auburn. I saw him sign a deal and I saw that there Derek uh, King from university of Miami, the quarterback is signing deals left, right and center. And he's like highly sought after because he's pretty high up in the, in the Heisman odds and all the rest. So the preseason hype is building. People are talking about college football in the States. The athletes are about to make their money. And then my mind just went to, all of the people who have been screwed for decades and decades and the way that they would receive this news because the idea of seeing them posting pictures, the current athletes with like, hey, you know, it's Smucker's Jam. And I'm on behalf, <laughs> on behalf of Smucker's, uh, I'm Ladarius Washington. I'm a running back from, uh, you know, the University of Oregon Ducks. And I've always loved Smuckers, so I've signed a, a deal with Smuckers where I'm going to be on billboards for Smuckers in and around the Oregon area, and I'm going to make money off of that. And then I started thinking about people that didn't, and Joe Burrow was one of the first ones that came to my mind because I'm like, well, he was one of the best college football seasons we've ever seen at LSU. And he tweeted out yesterday, of course, now the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, he tweeted out, great to see the, the NIL rules change and all this. The athletes can actually make their money. And he said, the thing that makes me the happiest is that it's not going to be the big, big names. It's going to be the walk-ons. It's going to be the people that make a little bit of mo ah. money, a little bit of money here. And it's not going to be massive money, but his point was, it'll just make life a little bit easier where even if you are somebody who is not a nationally known name, you might be known in your market or you might be known in your hometown. And there might be somebody who essentially just wants to sponsor you where it's like, I want to make your, your, your ability to focus on football and become a better player a little bit easier. You're from some small town in Nebraska and the local auto shop says, we'll give you a thousand bucks a month. It's just, it's little things like that, where previously, if that athlete had taken a thousand bucks from an auto shop in Nebraska, they would be under NCAA violations and they would get crushed for it. Now, yeah now it's allowed so they can actually make that money. And I thought that was an interesting perspective from Joe Burrow on that. And the other one that I found really funny, Kyle was Johnny Manziel who Johnny Manziel. I'm like, again, I'm pretty sure Manziel a didn't need the endorsement money. Uh, I'm sure that his family was well off enough that he probably wasn't concerned with it. He was focused on doing football and partying and girls and whatever. Uh, but when I saw Johnny Manziel and what he became on Twitter, on July 1st, I was howling because Johnny Manziel has now become the, the expert on how to grind and make that money uh, because he was all over Twitter saying, here's how you do it. You set up a Shopify account, then you get out there and you don't overorder too much stock. You got to create your own logo. You got, and he was just like the expert in how to brand yourself. Yeah. And, I, and I was thinking like, if, if this was allowed when Manziel mania was happening, 
he would have made so much money before he even touched pen to paper with the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. But it's just amazing to think of all the people like Manziel and Burrow in the past who would have made some coin off of this and the different ways that they're approaching it now. Okay, so a couple of things on this. Let's not be naive to the fact of not everybody's going to make money, right? I'm sorry, if you're the backup corner on Nebraska, it's going to be tough for you to make money. Yes, you play for the Cornhuskers, but an auto mechanic shop that wants to sponsor somebody, they ain't going to sponsor you. They're going to sponsor the quarterback. They're going to sponsor the running back. This is going to be a very top-heavy kind of but who's to say system that, who's to say the quarterback or the star running back wants to take a thousand bucks from the corner store in some small town in nebraska where this person isn't even from like what i'm saying is there's unique relationships i think that might just give a little bit of money to people where it's allowed because i think the star players are going to be reaching for top dollar to get whatever they can yes um but in college football, there are a lot of teams and not a lot of true stars, right? Like Trevor Lawrence, when he played, he was a star. Like Nike could come calling, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the second aspect to this is I, one, I'm happy for the athletes. Two, the athletes need to be very smart about this yeah, because they could fall into a situation where they're dealing with some people that try to screw them on contracts right what i mean by that is you know whatever a nightclub in miami right decides who's the quarterback at the u yeah DRK. who's the guy left? yeah so they go to him and they say hey you we want to sign you to you know come out to our nightclub or whatever and you know we'll give you this much money and he signs a contract not really reading everything involved now if i'm not mistaken college athletes can have agents correct i believe they can now they can have people representing them yeah okay so i just want these players to not just go around signing contracts not even knowing what they're signing because now that player will and i'm just using this as an example signs with a small apparel company in wherever right in texas right it's a small apparel company and then he graduates gets to the nfl and all of a sudden he can't sign a bigger apparel deal because he's still under contract with this smaller apparel company that he hasn't done anything for in a year and he's like wait what he's like yeah "Yeah, you're under contract because you signed it (laughs) so like i worry that we are gonna have some sketchy ass people sign contracts with college athletes and they're not going to be good for college athletes. Yes, they'll be getting money, but it could screw them in the long run. Um, I just want this to go smoothly. And I think situations are going to pop up where we're like, ooh, I feel sorry for that guy. He signed a bad contract. <laughs> so uh, this is, um, I don't know why this makes me so happy or why this just makes me laugh, but it does. I'm just going to be honest with you is that, so Darren Ravel uh, works for Action Sports, used to be ESPN, sports business guy and all the rest. He was all over this stuff yesterday, and I really, really did enjoy the way that he covered it because he was showing the highs and the lows and just the absolute wild west that this has created. Because in reality, Kyle, after an eternity of us all screaming, pay the players, pay the you guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars. You're paying your coaches tens of millions of dollars. Pay, pay the players. What are you doing? Pay the players. And now and now the Supreme Court has been like, hey, idiots, pay the players. And all the universities are like, absolutely, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry about that, sir. 
and they're just like putting their head down and being like, yeah, whatever you want, boss. And they've opened the floodgates and nobody has any idea how to regulate it. And this is why <laughs> Dar- this is why Darren Ravel's Twitter feed was so funny. So I'll try not to read all of these, but I thought this was great. So he tweets out first, TikTok, the clock has struck midnight. The floodgates are open. How many college athletes will make real money by selling their name, image, and likeness for the first time? We will now find out. Then he says, Jackson State defensive end. And again, Jackson State. How many Jackson State games you watched, Kyle? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Defensive end Antoine Owens has inked a deal with Three Kings Grooming, a black-owned hair product business, according to Ross Dellinger. Uh, JJ Reddick tweeted out, from 04 to 06, I would have made a bag on NIL endorsements at Duke. Sadly, I would have blown it all on Natty Light and Lacoste Polos with the collars popped, of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love making fun of himself. So Nebraska volleyball player Lexi Sun signed an endorsement deal with a volleyball apparel company called Wren. Then Illinois guard Evan Padilla, who played in six games last year, has appropriately signed a deal with six-star Pro Nutrition. He sent out a picture of him with a whey protein and a single dollar bill. Uh, then you've got, and it's just like <laughs> Derek King signs a deal with college junk uh, hunks, which is a hauling company, I guess, in Miami that gets rid of like your trash around university campuses. It's worth $20,000 apparently. Then Derek King unveiled that he's got all of this merch. Like he's got a, a logo. And I saw Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. He put out that he's got a logo and then, uh, there's this place called Yoke Gaming, which I don't know anything about, Y-O-K-E, that they've signed up over 4,000 student athletes to be on their college athlete video gaming NIL program. And then Reggie Bush tweeted out, well, 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 look what we have here, because he's another guy that was screwed over in the longstanding thing. Fresno State twin basketball players Haley and Hannah Cavinder, who have millions of followers on TikTok and, and Instagram, have signed with Boost Mobile yesterday. Apparently that deal was for the, in the tens of thousands. Uh, Auburn quarterback Bo Nix announces an endorsement with Milo's Sweet Tea. Uh, DraftKings announces that it will sponsor. Oh, I was just talking about the uh, the hot dog eating contest that Nathan's famous. Way to go, Ravel. Way to mix it up. Uh, but yeah, so there was like, there was all these athletes signing all these little deals. Uh, and I saw this one from Andrew Brandt from Sports Illustrated. He said, here's the problem with NIL for athletic departments beyond the compliance issues. Sponsors may decide to divert their advertising budget away from the school and towards the athletes. This will happen. And that's the one that made me really start to think, okay, this is interesting because now you're talking about the athletic departments, not only having to force themselves to say, yeah, sure, you're allowed to make some money, but the money being a zero sum game where it leaves them and goes directly to the athletes, because why pay the hard, the high service charge, if you will, to send it directly towards uh, you know, the, the schools when the schools are not going to redistribute it in the way that you are hoping. Uh, LSU cornerback, uh, where is it? Derek Stingley Jr. signed with a sports bar in Louisiana, which I honestly thought might have been on the band list, which I'll get to in a second here. Uh, but yeah, I, I was interested in that one because I, I was wondering what you are not allowed to be able to partner with. BYU sent a press release yesterday prohibiting its players from promoting the following products. Alcohol tobacco, gambling, adult entertainment, and coffee. BYU has outlawed their athletes representing coffee. And Ravel tweeted, as we speak, colleges are just coming up with their own rules (laughs) on what athletes can and can't do. I expect some schools to prohibit autographs on anything with school marks because they don't want to have the athletes making money off of things that they can't control in that space. Then I got to find... Uh, the list here of things that he sent out. 
uh, <laughs> uh, on things that most schools were saying they're not allowed to. A lot of people signed with Cameo yesterday to make their money. Uh, Matt Sh- Sh- Schickerman, I want to say, I'm scared to say that name, uh, apparently signed with GoPuff, uh, offering an undisclosed rate to a, any student athlete, regardless of sport, to promote their brand. Uh, a backup offensive lineman from Nebraska took uh, the the money on that one, which is like a discount website, I guess, that people can go to. LSU baseball player Cade Beloso agreed to a deal to promote his family's Hot Rods Crioli, which is basically like a, a southern bayou dust that's like salt and pepper mixed into one. Uh, LSU gymnast Levi Dunn uh, shared her TikTok profile in New York City. Between TikTok and Instagram, she has 5 million followers, making her the most followed active uh, college athlete. It's like the people yeah. that, that already had the social media stuff going are just like going to be rolling in it. And then this is my favorite one of the day. <laughs> PetSmart tweeted out, we're so excited to be partnering with Arkansas wide receiver Trey Knox. We do anything for pets and Trey would do anything for his pup blue. And he sent out a picture and he's got a big white Husky and Trey <laughs> sent out a note saying, I've always been proud to be a dog dad. And now I can't wait to represent PetSmart everywhere I go in my career. Uh, and the, the, the list here of what the University of Oklahoma put out, prohibiting things for name, image, and likeness deals, assault weapons, seems reasonable, uh, bars and nightclubs. Not in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, bars and nightclubs, cannabis, sports wagering, drugs and alcohol, pornography, pro sports teams, and tobacco. It's like, the point I'm making here is, Man, they are making it up on the fly. It it is so random right now, and it is just all (laughs) over the place. And it just it makes me laugh at the thought that they, the NCAA, for so long tried to prevent this from happening, and they should have had a backup plan of like, hey, but if it ever does happen, we need to have some policies in place. They never had policies in place. No, they they never (laughs) had a plan. They they had no plan. This is so funny, though, that they're stepping in and saying, OK, you can't make money off of this, this and this. Does the Supreme Court come back and say, hey, colleges, knock it off. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Like you can't stop them. Like you can't just say, oh, yeah, you can make money off of this industry, but not this industry. Like BYU coffee. I understand there's religious stuff there, but like, are you kidding me? Like this is ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it in the list of athletes, uh, Addie Halverson. No, um, she's a Jacksonville state volleyball player. She has 30,000 followers on Instagram. She probably has more followers on like TikTok and stuff. I didn't look it up. Um, she's the first barstool sports athlete. Oh, wow. uh, Dave, Dave Portnoy uh, did an emergency press conference. This is when he just does a video of himself uh, saying that they have signed Addie Halverson. So we're going to see stuff like this. And if you go to Addie Halverson's uh, Instagram uh, profile it says uh, first barstool sports collegiate athlete so okay so um, here's here's my cool. thinking on this though that it plays into that as well i'm guessing that she's rather attractive if yes, that if yes. that is if that's barstool signing on and i'm guessing that barstool is doing that because they are playing on the fringes and trying to get interest from people of saying let's bring in uh, attractive people sponsor them and because at that point you get close to the guardrails that are being laid down randomly by the universities of Hey, you're allowed to use your name, image, and likeness, and then all of a sudden, Barstool asks you to do something that's rather provocative, perhaps down the road, at, in order to be able to pay you. And it's like, okay, but where's the line on that? Like, and, and again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, like, that's Barstool's lane. If she's signed on with Barstool, then I'm guessing that there's an understanding there. But also, 
does she know what she's actually getting into business with or what she might be asked to do down the road in order to be able to match that money? Yeah. This is the type of and not even necessarily moral conundrum, but business conundrum that you're going to go into here. I would love to talk with Tom Manick about this, like we used to do on the radio show, because his mind must just be blown right now on the things that have just blown. It's like they didn't just knock at the front door. When it hit July 1st, somebody put a bunch of C4 on the door, stood back, blew it off, and they're like, all right, we're in. And then everybody was like, okay, well, what do we do at this point? So um, yep. the funniest one I think that I saw too was Mitch Lightfoot, who's a, a guard from Kansas. It's a great he, name. He did, and of course, he's an offensive lineman. Yeah, uh, he did a deal <laughs> with 1-800-GOT-JUNK after De'Ara King did the deal with College Hunks hauling junk. And I was like, is <laughs> is the junk industry like booming right now, I guess, because there's a lot of people cleaning out their places and could have used them yesterday. I was going to say, yeah, they could have helped you out with you and your <laughs> uncle. But anyway, anyways, it's uh, it's an amazing time for those college athletes. And I have no idea where any of this is going to go. I do know we're getting a lot of funny endorsements. There's a lot of money being thrown around and it feels like there's violations happening left, right, yeah. center that are not within the guidelines that have been given by even the Supreme court or the universities. So I don't know where it goes. I just wanted to bring it up here on the show because I think that it moving forward, I mean, it could entice potentially down the road, Canadian high school football players that are highly talented to go to the States because they can make money off their name image yep. like this. If they go to the States instead of in U sports or the people that come up to play in the CFL, they might've already made money off of their name image likeness and they might not need to come up as soon because maybe they, they're more willing to wait things out and see if they can get an NFL contract because They've made $100,000 off their likeness, even as being, uh, you know, the starting quarterback of a mid-major school or something like that. Yeah. So I want to get your opinion on this because I think we're going to see this come to fruition. We all know this, right? At universities, most universities uh, down south, it's either the football team or the basketball team or both Mm -hmm. um, that carry not just the athletics department that at the university, but a lot of the infrastructure at the university, right? They use the money from football season to build a new science lab, right? Uh, that state of the art or something like that, right? Something along those lines. It also is going to drive separation within the university, right? If there was any animosity before between non-athletes at the college and athletes, this is not going to help those uh, relationships. No. And like, if you're an athlete that's on the rowing team, I hate to tell you, you're probably not going to make a lot of yeah. money from this. Now, does that drive your animosity towards a football player or a basketball player at a big time university even more? Most likely. And the football yeah. players, and the basketball players are going to say, then be better. Like it it's not even be better, just like being a more popular. Sport. Right, right. And then, but now it's like you've opened up a capitalistic wing of your sport, of your enterprise. And in a capitalistic society, which America is as capitalistic as can be, uh, then, yeah, it, if you are worthy of the money, you get the money. If you're not, shut up and leave us alone. Right. And that's going to be the mentality. So it's absolutely going to drive that divisiveness even further into the ground. But football don't care. Like football's been stopping no. all over people for 20 years. They don't, give a, they don't give a damn. Like they're the amount of money that's flowing in and around that sport in college football in, in front of cameras or behind closed doors is yeah. un, unbelievable. So uh, I did want to play this for you here. Jack Armstrong on standardizing college sports. This is a clip from our radio show back in uh, the January of 2019, I think leading into the national championship game for football. I'd, I'd like to see uh, uniformity 
If it's going to be three years for football and baseball, I mean, obviously baseball you can sign right out of high school. Right. If not, then you've got to wait to three. Uh, I would just like to see uniformity. Uh, if it's going to be three, let's have it in every sport. Uh, if we're going to use the baseball model, let's use the baseball model. If we're going to use the basketball model, let's use the basketball model. But let's figure that out as the NCA, and let's figure it out uh, collectively with the different particular unions, NFL, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Let's try to come up with something that makes sense for everybody. You know, why does the college basketball player have the right to go one and done? And then make money in year, you know, in in uh, at twenty, when uh, you know that same football player can't. Obviously, at a place like Clemson, uh, somehow, some way, some quote unquote friends of the program will make sure he's well taken care of. So uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that, of course, talking about Trevor Lawrence and the fact that yeah, he wasn't around when this NIL stuff was wide open, but. Uh, pretty sure he's still doing okay for himself if we yes. had to, if we had to guess right yeah and i just want to put it out there i i think what this ruling does by the supreme court is it hurts some organizations right for one look at the nba look at the g league the g league all of a sudden had top recruits go play for them when the nba allowed uh, players that were coming out of high school to just go straight to the G League and skip the college route, that's going to hurt the G League because I think whatever flood of players they were expecting is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Because if you're a top recruit, you're definitely going to make more money making money off of your own likeness at Duke University than you are playing for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers or whatever the hell their team <laughs> name is, right? Like it makes more sense. And you're living in luxury when you're, you know, at Duke. Yes, you have to live in like college dorms and stuff like that. But when you travel, you're traveling like pretty well in the G League. There's a lot of bus trips. I don't know yeah. the college if they're doing like crazy bus trips across the country because I don't think they are. Um, so I think that's one thing to, to to point out. And I actually think in the end of the day, and as much as this, you know, pains them to do the NCAA, I actually think it helps them out because now players that potentially were leaving after one year playing in the end or playing in college basketball yeah. to go to the NBA. If they were like uh, end of the first round pick beginning of the second round, maybe they got injured in their freshman year. They're like, you know what? Now I can play another year in college. Yes. I have to live on campus, but it's not so bad. Yeah. Cause yeah. when you're on the basketball team at a big time university, you kind of run campus. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And it's like, I'd rather do that than go to the NBA where I'm going to have to sit on the bench for a little bit where I can make like half a million dollars if you're like a big time superstar. So I actually think this helps the NCAA, even though they might not think. Yeah. And I also wonder uh, going forward here, the first time that we get a college athlete who plays up until their third year and is a star <laughs> and, is, and is a star player. And then they make enough money that they're like, I actually have enough to live off of. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to train and I'm going to sit out my fourth year, my draft year. <laughs> the first time that happens, I think everybody around the establishment is going to go, Whoa, what did we do here? Cause I think our best players might start sitting out their senior season to avoid injury because they've made enough money through the first three years. And the other question, and I assume this is, is uh, the answer would be yes. Can they get paid? for their name image likeness if they're not even playing because if guys oh, are 100% if, if guys are studs after three years 
and you can still make money on your name image likeness and not have to go into battle. I mean, obviously your draft stock might take a bit of a hit, but God, Chase Young just basically did this at Ohio State. Like the the whole second half of the year after a game or two, it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to get ready for the NFL draft. He could have been getting paid to work out and just say, hey, I'm going to be a huge thing in the NFL, which he was with Washington in his rookie year. Um, so all of these things, as I say, are on the table. I wanted to play a couple of clips here just to round this out. This is uh, Richard Jefferson from The Jump on ESPN talking about this uh, NAL stuff, which I found interesting because he was a big-time college basketball player at Arizona back in the early 2000s. One, let's establish this. Give Reggie, Reggie Bush back his Heisman. Amen. Two, let, let's reinstate, let's oh, reinstate all the stuff with Fab, that Fab, Fab Five. five right? And there's probably a list. Why? Because the damn Supreme Court of the United States of America basically told you what you were doing was BS. So all these penalties, all of this disgrace that you put on these kids, yep. let's take some of that back. Let's reinstate that. Because you know what you're looking looking for right now NCAA you're looking for some positivity you're looking for some positivity and just giving the kids what they rightfully deserve how about reinstating some yep. people that lost some things that had to face embarrassment because you guys were enforcing rules that the Supreme Court decided was illegal mm -hmm. so how about we change some of that I lost a game because I got suspended because I got a ticket from Bill Walton to come and train with him and his four sons and that was deemed ineligible even one, though one he was those, my roommate I was gonna say one of those four sons being your college being my college roommate so it's like i've always been like the ncaa was a joke and so hey how about this how about st starting getting some positivity back and working this but now this is my biggest concern mm -hmm. they spent so much time fighting it and they were so arrogant they could have just given them laptops mm -hmm. they wanted to go one more they wanted to go one more step that's for another time the one thing i will say is this now they're going to have to be reactionary they're now scrambling trying to figure out the rules and the systems and all that stuff they could have been working on this for years so good luck ncaa RJ, that is strong, my man. I love him. He's very, very good on that show. It's nice to have him on the rotation. I would also say this, um, when you're talking about, you know, the, the penalties that have unfairly been levied over a long period of time, Fab Five is up there. But Kyle, as, yesterday morning, I watched the Pony Excess, the ESPN 30 for 30 on SMU football, getting the death penalty. They shut, oh, yeah. they shut down the program. They set them back 15, 20 years at the SMU Mustangs football program because the players were getting paid behind the scenes. And now the players are allowed to be paid. And SMU football has to be looking around going, you've got to be shitting me. How, yeah. is, this, how is this possible? Uh, the I last, <laughs> Go ahead there. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a little bit of a different situation because that's a university, you know, paying players. Um, and, you know, there was kind of noise around it and it affected recruiting. You still can't pay recruits if you're the university because then it's a recruiting violation. It's not yeah. necessarily, you know, a monetary violation. Um, the Reggie Bush stuff, you know, he should have got his Heisman back a long, long time ago. The NCAA just, they were butthurt about it. And eventually it just, it becomes laughable. Um, the Richard Jefferson stuff, I did not know, or at least I didn't remember about him missing a game at Arizona because he went to work out with Bill and Luke, <laughs> even though Luke was his roommate. roommate. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. What the hell was that? NCAA, like, give your head a shit. Oh, I know. And here's the last one I got for you to add a little bit of levity to this conversation about athletes making money. We've talked about uh, the compliance challenges that come with all of this. This is Wes Blankenship, who uh, is a comedian who sent this out. Compliance office. Gatorade. Jennifer, we're a Powerade school. Compliance. Bass Pro Shops. Nice, Derek. Can't you just go fishing instead? We can't shoot 
shoot pigeons inside the football stadium. Already checked. <laughs> Compliance. White Claw. Cromberly, you're 19. You've already signed your contract. And done an Instagram Live. How many did you have? Compliance. You sure that's going to work out for you, pal? Okay. Cue ball Bailey just signed with head and shoulders. I know he's bald. I pointed that out. Compliance. Sea <laughs> do. Sweet. You're filming at Lake Lanier. You're not actually getting on the water, though. You are. Great. Compliance. Did you clear this with the team doctor? I don't know if it's a banned substance, Bryson. That's why you should ask him. You know the whole four-hour thing, right? Compliance. Grand Marshal of Monster Jam in Indianapolis. When's the date? You know y'all have an equestrian meet at Virginia that day, right? Okay, but you're telling coach, not me. Compliance. Delta 8. Well, you know Southwest is the official sponsor of all of our athletics. Wait, it's what now? <laughs> uh, so just the idea of the compliance office for the university getting all these calls of the ridiculous things uh, that people are trying to get sponsored for moving forward. I'm like, ah, hey, whatever, guys, just make, make your money. Have fun, I guess. And uh, let's just hope that this doesn't all go up in flames within a year or two. Yeah, I'm happy for the athletes, though, that this is uh, no longer a story and they can, you know, make money uh, off of their own, you know, image and likeness. Um, does that mean we get uh, NCAA football back the game? We're supposed. Well, this is the funny thing too: is that uh, EA Sports came out with a statement yesterday that said we are interested in uh, re-exploring the potential of having EA Sports NCAA football video game return. And I read that statement as, "Yes, we are interested in printing endless money." It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course you are. Like you've. I want the. This I want the video game back. I know. If I... this gets me back into video games, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are crushing yeah. it in the hammer. All right, coming up for you next here on the show, we're just going to do a nice little block about uh, some CFL and U Sports news and notes. I want to start off by talking a little bit about the OUA schedule close to home for Kyle and I, and then uh, we'll get into some of the CFL stuff of the week and let you know what's coming up on the A Block on Monday as well. It is Marsh and Mel right here on Canadian Football Perspective. Marshall Ferguson here for my friends at Four Stagioni. Want to get your golf game in shape before the season begins? You can book their TrackMan golf simulators now. These things are world-class. They've got a new daily drink deal and spring-summer menu coming soon, just in time for the patio. That's right, patio season, just around the corner. ForStagioni.ca, and you can follow on Instagram at four, that's F-O-R-E, dot Stagioni, S-T-A-G-I-O-N-E. Open for takeout daily. Give them a call at 905-381-9850. For those tough wake-ups. John got drank a beer and then crushed it off the side of his helmet. This was a damn Canada heritage moment. It's Marsh and Mellow. I've been talking about it for probably five years now, and I finally pulled the trigger. <laughs> saw that beer, chugged it, and crushed it over my head, and that was about it. Welcome back. It is Marsh and Mello. Our thanks, as always, to Anthony at Forstagioni for being able to uh, help out the show here and be a... By the uh, way, congratulations. You got married. Yeah, presenting sponsor. And I feel bad because <laughs> I, I was harassing him about some uh, some production stuff. I'm like, hey, I want to update people on what's happening on your uh, your patio and the, the new <laughs> menu lineups and all this stuff. I had no idea that he was getting uh, married as I was harassing him, being like, but what are you guys doing with your new pizza lineup? Uh, so, yeah, it's congratulations to him. And thank you, as always, for him for chipping in on the show here. Let's dive into, Kyle, uh, some of the, the news and notes. The first thing I want to start with is just uh, the OUA football schedule comes out. Mac at Western, a rematch of the 2019 Yates Cup, opens things up. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the athletes who maybe you've deferred your draft year like uh, Nate Edwards or Justice Allen or these guys from McMaster. I'm sure there's lots from Western too that you have been waiting and waiting and waiting. And there's been a long period of time where you haven't been able to get into the gym and 
you've been wanting to get back and, and training and doing normal things. And I saw uh, Ryan Dinwiddie in his preseason conference call the other day for the Toronto Argonauts, their head coach now said that he's had guys that are Canadian athletes who are rookies that are coming in who actually reached out to the team and said, Hey, is there any chance that you can uh, help me out a little bit here? I was just trying to train in a park back in the spring and I got a ticket for like 400 bucks uh, because I was by myself running and I wasn't supposed to be in the park because American athletes have had the opportunity to train for a pretty decent chunk of time. Canadian athletes, it's been much more tough because a lot of the time the, the restrictions have been more stringent. And so you've got a situation now where it's Mac, it's Western, it's September 18th. It's on the schedule. I'm excited as all hell. OUA football is back. I'm happy for these coaches. I'm happy for these players, these staffs, these schools. They get a chance to be able to, to return to something that we've been talking about for so long. But I have no idea what this is going to look like, man, because football is such a rhythm sport. And I know the amount of work that would go into getting prepared for a Mac Western game when I was playing university football. You would spend your entire offseason talking about it and every day it's you'd be working out five six days a week with your team in person together and I know they've been doing some stuff together for a while now but it's not what it usually is and uh, my first thought is in the CFL we're giving a month-long training camp and every single conference call that I have been on for the CFL in the preseason here every team every GM is saying there's going to be attrition like you and I talked about survival of the fittest hamstrings, soft tissue injuries, rolled ankles, whatever it might be, there's going to be injuries. Well, the last time I checked, the university athletes are playing the same sport. They're not going to be given that month. And those coaching staffs, they don't have a hundred plus guys that they can bring in off of a list of people who are ready to come in and quarantine for seven days and try to get it's your roster is your roster. And going into a first game, highly competitive in the OEA back against Western down in London, and doing that where the training camp's not going to be much longer and the training hasn't been as typical as it usually would be concerns me a little bit because I'm a little scared that we might end up seeing people getting dinged left, right, and center, and the rosters don't turn out the way that they probably should. Uh, yeah. With that being said, what are you supposed to do to avoid it? Bring the athletes back on campus and put them through a month-long training camp like they're pros? No, you're not paying them. So this isn't something that you can possibly tweak uh, to try and give them a, a much deeper preparation experience like you would probably want if you were thinking about player safety. Uh, and so I, I really don't know the answer to it, but I do find it amazing that they kick off the season in that way. Yeah, and we don't know where our country is going to be, you know, in September in terms of fighting, the, uh, fighting COVID-19. And once the season gets going, especially early on in the season, are coaches limited in any way in terms of the time they have with the players? Um, because whatever kind of adjustment period those players are going to need to get back into football, that period is probably going to take a little bit longer if the coaches are hampered in any way of working with players or having meetings or stuff like that uh, because of COVID-19. Now you can always do the virtual stuff, but virtual stuff, as you know, this sucks, right? <laughs> like nobody wants to sit in a, in a virtual meeting and go through, you know, uh, what Western's defense brings to the table. It's like, screw this. I want to get on a football field, right? I want to get in the meeting room, hang out with the boys and yeah. you can't. So it sucks. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for sure. I, I did see that uh, because the OUA had split this up into East and West that you've got, you know, Mac essentially is playing against, uh, I think they're at York, they're home to Laurier, which should be a good one. I think their first home game after the Western game, just off the top of my head, they're home to Waterloo. 
which, I mean, having Trey Ford come in in his final season and being able to go up against Andreas Dweck being there for Mac. And so, I mean, that could be a really fun game in Hamilton that if people are looking to check that out. And uh, there's some opportunities there, I think, to make some noise as well this season, even in a condensed schedule, because it's not the usual eight-game schedule. They went down to a six-game uh, to give themselves a little bit of leeway yeah. at, the be- at the beginning of September so that they can actually kind of, you know, give their uh, their their teams a chance to to have a fighting chance to get set up properly, I would say, and still get the training camp in, but avoid uh, until basically everybody is fully vaccinated, which, I mean, we're the numbers are pretty good in Ontario, so hopefully that, that comes to fruition. Yeah, uh, I got my second vaccine on yeah. Monday, um, so I'm good to go. No more shots. It was uh, it was a nice feeling seeing the check mark where it says you have received all vaccinations. I'm like, you know what? This is good. Yeah. Uh, don't have to uh, try to grab a you know a spot to, uh, to at a local you know Shoppers Drug Mart. That's where I got mine. Fine nice. people at Shoppers Drug Mart running a uh, fine establishment. It was great. I got to. Uh, so obviously you get your shot and then you have to wait 15 minutes after your shot to see if you don't have a reaction. And France and Switzerland went to a shootout in the Euro Cup. <laughs> and I was watching on my phone waiting my through my 15 minutes. And then my girlfriend had to go and she went after me. So then I had to wait for her 15 minutes was over. And it was great because when her 15 minutes ended, that's when the shootout ended and Switzerland won. I'm like, hell yeah, I was able to watch on my phone. Um, but great, great way to kill time. Yeah, great way to kill time. In terms of, you know, the OUA too, um, have we gotten final word from the OUA on whether or not there's going, it's not even up to the OUA at this point, right? It's public health officials on whether or not we're going to have fans down at Ron Joyce. I haven't seen as it stands right now, but I would have to imagine there would be a certain percentage that would be allowed in the building. And it's it's funny because I actually got asked that question because my stepdaughter, her her good friends from high school over at STM here in Hamilton, they go a lot of them to Western and she goes to Mac as a first year going into her second year now. So when I said, Hey, Mac opens up the season, September 18th against Western, she goes, can I go? And I was like, I, I don't know as of right now. And again, that's just me being naive because I haven't done the research and looked into this, but I would have to imagine by September that if we're going to be allowing X amount of people into Ticats games, Argos games, Red Blacks games, that, the province yeah. of Ontario is going to have to allow people in the stands as well to go and watch university football games and really out, any outdoor sporting event and public gatherings being more allowed by a certain date and all the rest. Yeah. I, I would think that we're on, we're on path for that. Yeah. And by the way, August 4th, I believe is the first outdoor uh, event in Hamilton, a sporting event where people are allowed to attend uh, for Jeff C taking on a team from El Salvador, I believe mm. um, in the CONCACAF uh, league. So Super, super uh, fun to uh, to watch that. So just see sports back in Hamilton at Tim Hortons Field. It feels like that stadium when there's nothing going on is just like, does anybody work here? Does anybody like go here? <laughs> but apparently now, and we've seen CFL players like roll through Tim Hortons yeah. Field getting ready for uh, now the, uh, the Ticat season. I, I've seen on Twitter uh, this week, Simone Lawrence back in Canada, Dane Evans back in Canada. Yeah. Dane Evans is like, it's weird to arrive in Canada on Canada. Day. <laughs> yeah. And especially to be this late in the year when the only thing that you knew last time you were in Canada for his first year was that you were there from like May. So it's July. He's got to be showing up and being like, man, we're two months behind. Like, let's go. I know. Let's, let's get this. And we're not even going to start till August. And then we're going to. So, yeah, we'll see uh, how that all plays out. I want to let people know on the A block coming up uh, on uh, Monday of next week. I'm going to be able to bring you some of my favorite snippets from the preseason conference calls 
from around the CFL, some of my favorite answers and, and favorite anecdotes. So it'll give you a bit of a, a look into the six teams that have done their conference calls already. Uh, and then my next episode of the A Block is going to be Bo Levi Mitchell. Unfortunately, I didn't connect with him this past week. He was supposed to be on the A Block, but we rescheduled. I'll have him next week, so you'll be able to catch that in a couple of weeks down the road. So an update on that uh, if you want to check that out on Monday coming up. But I wanted to round out the show today, Kyle, having a discussion about Brendan Labatt. And I was so intrigued by what happened with him this week because he goes into the Saskatchewan Rough Riders preseason conference call and Jeremy O'Day says, breaking news here for you guys in the media, Brendan Labatt's not going to be playing this year. We've added him to the retirement list. And we all think, okay, he's retired because he's an older guy. He only played, I think, six games back in 2019. And then Derek Taylor jumps on the call and says, uh, is he retired or is he on the retirement list? Is he coming back? And he said, well, you you know, there's just some things that he doesn't really like about the way this season is shaping up and he's decided to sit out, but yes, he has the potential to come back and he is under contract through 2022. So if he comes back, we don't have to negotiate. He's not a free agent, anything like that. Not that he would go anywhere else anyways, because he's a Sasky boy through and through at this point. But uh, when I, I heard that, I was like, man, I wonder how many athletes will make that decision getting closer to training camp, especially because the money situation and the exchange rate and what you're earning and shortened season and all of that stuff is going to play into this. But Derek and I talked on Wednesday on the breakdown about Brennan Labatt not coming out and actually talking about what the reasoning was. And I said, why doesn't he just come out and say, Hey man, listen, if you don't want to get the vaccine, if that's part of the reasoning, just come out and say it. If you've got a family member who is uh, sick or you just want to spend time with your kids or whatever, if it's family based, you don't have to come out and say it. That's your privacy. But I mean, it would help a lot of people to understand from a crazy Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan base why one of their better offensive linemen is not doing his thing at left guard for you throughout this short season. And sure enough, I don't know when the media availability came out, if he just did it impromptu, if he just did it locally, but he ends up holding a, a virtual media availability where he came out and he said some things that hit home with me and I don't know if it's because I'm a relatively new dad or what but he said listen I live in Saskatchewan we've bad weather this is the best two months of weather that we are going to get all year long I got I believe he has three kids and they're all under 10 years old and he said I've been basically locked in with my kids and trying to prepare myself and all the rest but now that I'm actually here it's nice outside I want to spend time with my dad I want to take my kids camping and for the first month or so of the season uh, the CFL players, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, are under the same restrictions. You are quarantining, you are hiding from the public, you are basically from the field to the locker room, to the bus, to the hotel room, to the bus, back to the uh, locker room, back to the field. And there's not any interaction outside of any of that stuff at this point. And so when he says, well, I don't think that's okay because you know I've gone through the vaccination process and I want to spend time with my family, the question was asked, if those restrictions change would you be willing to come back this season and he said yeah no, i'd be open to it we'll see and then we get the report that they are expecting to change the restrictions by either labor day or maybe the second week of the season or at some point in august or early early september this is going to change where the players are not going to be in total lockdown but in a long training camp there's going to be a lot of quiet, lonely nights of FaceTiming family and all the rest because these guys are going to be under these restrictions. As it stands right now, unless they bump up the change in being able to treat everybody a little bit differently based on where your vaccination is at or what part of the country you're in. But the CFL has kind of laid down the law on this, it seems like. 
And the players, a lot of them are, are pretty unhappy with it. And when I saw the quotes from Brendan Labatt about, you know, maybe I'll come back. I thought to myself, this feels like a Michael Strahan or I don't want to go to training camp. I believe genuinely he wants to spend time with his kids. But when you're a veteran, I don't know if he wants to go to training camp. And I think if they're going to lift the restrictions after training camp, he's, he's probably thinking to himself, I can spend a month with my kids, with my family in nice weather as Saskatchewan is not locked down, but the football team is. And when they lift the football team being locked down in this unreasonable way where I can't see my family, maybe I'll go back and play for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year. So I've got a feeling that he comes back yeah. either, either after training camp or week two, week three, week four, when they lift stuff, he's probably going to say, you know what? I've I had a really good time with my family for the last month and a bit. It's time for dad to go make some money and do what he does best because it is a shortened season. Yeah. It's like get in there make your money, still be able to spend time with your family, best of both worlds. But right now, not best of both worlds. So he's sitting it out. And I totally understand because if I was in that spot, I'd want to spend time with my family during the nice warm months in a province that doesn't get a whole lot of that too. Yeah, and I think another thing to point out here is I think a lot of players are realizing how important football is to them compared to other things in their life. And for Brandon Labatt, you know, through the lockdown and the quarantine, you know, his kids being homeschooled or not homeschooled, virtually schooled uh, and not, you know, going to school every single day. That was John Chick that you were thinking of, the homeschooling? Yeah, it was John Chick. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know, all of a sudden he's looking around and saying, man, I enjoy this and I don't really want to go back to like practice. I want to hang out with my kids. Like yeah. I, I, I really like this and, and for a lot of players and he's not the only case of this, right? A lot of players are realizing how much, you know, football does take from you just time, yeah. you know, time's the one thing that we can't control. Time's going to tick away, whether, you know, whether you're doing something you love or you're doing something you have to do. And for a lot of players playing football is kind of the only thing they've ever done. So now they're looking around and thinking, man, maybe I don't want to do this. And that's, I think, why you're seeing all the retirements, right? Jimmy Ralph, what, retired this oh, week, along with hurt. a couple of other players. I got a um, text. I got a text. I got to say from Vince Magri of the Argos, who was one of the people who was able to pull Jimmy Ralph. Was Vince it, shocked? Uh, he was so sad. He was, yeah. I, And I hate to put Vince like on Front Street like that for people that know Vince, but he texted me and he just said like, man, like you think you're hurt by Jimmy Ralph being done. He's like, I wanted him to be a CFLer so bad. And I was able to help get him out <laughs> and actually give him the opportunity and bring him into the Argos and all the rest. And then when I saw that he went back to Edmonton as an Alberta guy, that's why I was so upset by this. Cause I'm like, well, Anthony Parker's already been put on the retired list. And yeah. now you're seeing Jimmy Ralph. And then you're, I think Harry McMaster from Western was also on the list. I'm like, oh, all the Canadian receivers that I've been like excited to watch develop over the Harry McMaster, it might've actually been Alex Taylor. I might've messed up my, that Western Mustangs draft class that came out, but there's just, like you say, all of these names are just being plucked and pulled in different ways. And I don't think all of them come back. Like we're talking about with Brendan Labatt. I think that's a unique circumstance especially for the younger guys who you know don't have kids and don't have family and don't live in the place where they grew up and all the rest. But uh, man, it's, yeah, I, I genuinely, I keep waiting for the bomb to drop on a major, major retirement. And I know I keep saying this and I'm not cheering for it on behalf of CFL fans, but I predicted the Sinopoli one a couple of weeks ago. And, and it made a lot of sense when you look back at it, we are like, yeah, he's got opportunities in front of him. He's done a lot in CFL, but like Brandon Banks coming out and saying multiple times over on social media, do I really want to do this for the amount that I'm being 
paid. And I'm thinking yeah. if, Brand- if Brandon Banks were to pull the plug on the Hamilton Tiger Cats Oof. a week into training camp, yeah, you still have Devere Posey and you shuffle some pieces and Jalen Acklin's a nice second year player and you've got Braylon Addison back in the fold and, 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 but it just, it, it would change things a lot. And I really feel like, man, when we get to the second week of training camp, somebody's going to have a roster that has to start shuffling the pieces around a bunch. Yeah. And you know, and I hate to bring this up because it's somewhat conspiracy, you know, a conspiracy theory. Um, but all these CFL players retiring um, because we haven't play, played football in a while. And now they're thinking, man, I got to go into like a quarantine with my team. And yeah, this isn't for me. I'm just going to retire. What if the 2021 season goes as people want in Hamilton and the Ticats are very good and they make the great cup and they win it at home. How many Ticats players, especially veterans retire after, because how many players on this Ticats team, just want to win the great cup because they've been there so many times before and have come up short. And Brandon Banks is one of those guys. Brandon Banks. I, he wants nothing more than to win a great cup. And it just so happens in this year, it would be in Hamilton. Simone Lawrence, same thing. And I'm not, you know, I don't know where Chris those Van guys. Zyle, even yeah. though Van Zyl's wanted before, like Filer would certainly be on that list. I oh, mean, yeah, I'm talking about the long-time Ticats. Daily. Yeah, and it's like, what would a great cup do to the trajectory of their career? They might just say, I've done it now. I've, 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 I've gone through the hardships in Hamilton, and we finally did it. Yeah, they might actually think- be be able to make some money off of their yeah. name image and likeness at that point you never know <laughs> yes <laughs> bring- i mean they always can but <laughs> yeah <laughs> to bring it full circle for you there you go get ready get ready let's go a little urgency here we go let's go we're almost out of here this is the three minute warning brought to you by brought to you by kale uh which i've signed an official nil endorsement with uh kale i am the official presenter of uh, of all things kale i've been eating so much kale lately kyle it's been ridiculous good quality kale you can really tell a nice kale when you pick it up at the grocery store and it's so crisp that the leaf almost breaks off from the stem as you're putting it into the bag which by the way too many garbage bags being used in the produce section no doesn't that seem very wasteful? Like, I know that there's those, like, uh, hemp bags and different yeah. things that you can have, but I've started bringing my own produce bags. But the thing is, kale's too big. Kale doesn't fit inside those bags. And I'm not just going to start jamming kale into my grocery bag and then have somebody be like, are you trying to steal kale? Like, no, 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 no. I'm just trying yeah. to be good to the environment. I don't want to do the, the, the plastic bag thing 500 times. By the way, since we're on the topic of uh, endorsement deals, I am officially a free agent. The reason why I say that is not because we haven't worked at TSN since February. <laughs> the only reason why I say that is uh, the pistachios uh, endorsement. Oh, it's wow. now over. Uh, I threw out the cardboard. Oh. <laughs> I had That's to okay. throw it out. Um, my girlfriend, her best friend, came up from Coburg to spend the weekend with us last weekend. And the cardboard cutout was behind the headboard. Oh, but the terrifying. headboard is kind of see-through. So it has all these like uh, like pieces of wood in the middle. But you can see my face through it. And I'm like, hey, should we? Should we like move that uh, cardboard cutout? Else we're gonna scare the crap out of her. She wakes yeah. up in the morning and sees my face behind her. Um, so we uh, we took my face off, uh, <laughs> unveiled the uh, Tony Gonzalez, and then uh, <laughs> chucked the cardboard cutout. So uh, it, is, uh, it lived. <laughs> it lived a good life. That's okay. Uh, I appreciate that you kept it for as long as you did. Although I do wish that we would have taken it 
and put it up on a billboard somewhere in Hamilton, like climbed a tower with it in one hand or something <laughs> and put it up because it would have been our first billboard at TSN 1150 to let them know that our station actually existed. Yes. Uh, that, that would have been nice if we would have done that for Tony I Gonzalez. I used to work here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pistachios, man. Tony Gonzalez. If you don't know the backstory on that, uh, just go back to the very first episode here of Marshmallow back in February when we kick things off on Canadian Football Perspective. He is at Kyle underscore Mellow underscore. I'm at TSN underscore Marsh. This is the show, as always. Don't forget to support our sponsors as we thank them for being a big part of everything we do. CFP15 is the promo code. 15% off all your return to play whistle needs at Fox40Shop.com. That's Fox40Shop.com. Use the promo code, save yourself some money, and say thank you to Fox 40 for being a big part of what we're doing around here. And, of course, you want to get some beer, you want to get yourself ready for the CFL season, use the promo code CFL. That's where you can get free shipping available to Ontario residents only on orders over $100 from sawdustcitybeer.com. I believe I'm doing uh, juicing the IPA with Sam Corbet a little Ooh. bit later on today. So I'm excited to uh, to taste that, have some fun with that. Kyle, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it early in the morning. And uh, we're looking forward to having a great week of shows for you again next week. Again, Monday, I'll be doing a recap of some of the press conferences uh, that have been around the CFL to kick off the season. And then uh, Tuesday, Thursday, all Canadian, myself and Derek Taylor next Wednesday, unveiling our all Canadian teams. And then we're right back here for you on Friday morning next week. As by next Friday morning, Kyle, it's, it's training camp. <laughs> like, I know. Like training camps are starting as of as essentially next Saturday. So uh, it's going to be crazy, but uh, we will see what it looks like once we get there. Thanks for listening. As always, everybody, have yourselves a great day.